Okay, so we're back for the second part here, and the topic today is grace. Breaks sin's power, and the subtopic is grace, freedom from sin. Man, I wish I, I wish I'd have been able to get a hold of this, Jim, thirty years ago. Yeah, amen. You know, or even twenty years ago. Amen. I mean, what a blessing that would have been to be able to walk in what we're walking in now way back then. And, and you know, Rich, I've asked the Lord, you know, why was it that for so many years, Father, I never really caught on to this true gospel? Um, and he said, well, many of the churches, son, today are kind of a do-it-yourself gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they say, well, if you want to be accepted by me, then you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Um, and frankly, much of man's religion is all about doing. Um, and But Jesus has been talking to me the past 10 years about just being what I already am, <laughs> instead of trying to work my way into his good graces, or, or instead of trying to work my way up to a position where God will love me unconditionally. Uh, and the Lord is saying, Son, I've always loved you unconditionally. And unconditional love means there are no conditions. But it just seemed like every place I went to in my journey, somebody was putting conditions on my salvation. Well, if you don't do this, you know, if you don't tithe, you'll be cursed. Well, I know that there's a lot of people who would take issue with me out there on this tithing thing. And I do, I do believe in giving. Don't misunderstand me. But I thought that the Lord took care of all the curses when he why died on the cross. Why not give more than 10%? Yeah, yeah. I mean, why be bound to a number when it comes to giving? He says, I like a cheerful giver. Right. So give cheerfully, and there'll be sometimes you give 20%, and there may be other times you give 0%, you yeah. know? But it's a heart condition. It's not a law. We are we said the first half hour, we're past the law. We're in the grace. Amen. Amen. And grace t- sets you free from all these laws that, oh, I must tithe or I must, oh, I need to, to go without food and fast for 30 days or something like If the Lord tells you to give 10%, then give 10%. If the Lord gives you tells you to give 20%, Give 20%. If the Lord tells you to go without food for 30 days, then go without food for 30 days. But don't do it as a religious exercise. Yeah, because things of that nature, I don't really believe, are pleasing to the Lord. I mean, unless he is, by his grace, instructing you to do that, then I wouldn't question it. But I find a lot of times uh, the motives, I mean, you can even tell sometimes when you're around people, and they will, they will make a boast out of, I haven't had anything to eat in 20 days. Yeah. Well, okay. Or the guy, you know, I was golfing with a guy one time. He's a very wealthy man down at Sarasota, and, and he says, boy, he says, you know, I really got my feelings hurt this weekend, my wife and I at church. And I and uh, I just let him talk. He said, they needed uh, some help on building a new wing on the building, he says, and I gave him a check for $200,000. And he said, you know, when the pastor came out this Sunday, he never even once met. He just said, uh, some generous parishioner has given us 200000 <laughs> He never even mentioned me and my wife's what name. What are your and, motives? And I thought to myself, well, who'd you give it to? You know, did you give it as unto the Lord? 
Because if you did, then why do you want this outward recognition for it? Because, you know, the Lord's pretty clear on that. When, you know, you don't want to be like the Pharisees, pray prayers out loud in the marketplace, because all they're doing is just seeking glory, trying to take glory unto themselves. But, uh, boy, we're off on a little bit of a rant here, aren't we? Well, that's all right. That's all right. But, yeah, I mean— doesn't the Bible say just give with the give with Cheerful. the right hand and don't let the left hand know yeah. what it, what you're doing? I yeah. mean, it, it, it's if the Lord tells you to do something, we will be the first two people on this planet to tell you to go do it, whatever that is. But don't do it out of obligation to a person or to a church local church or whatever do it because the lord wants you to do it it's it's very simple he made it very very simple um so we we've been talking a lot about romans um six and i, I do want to read this i wasn't going to read this jim but but i really think this kind Beautiful. of summarizes it nicely and it is um out of um um let's see It's out of Romans 4. And Romans 4 says, um, because we were talking the first half hour about sin and how grace breaks, grace breaks sin's power. Mm -hmm. Grace is freedom from sin. In, in Romans 4.25, it says, here is the equation. In other words, here it is. It's, I'm going to lay it out to you. It's simple, and I'm just going to lay it out. Here's the sum of all things. Huh? Yes. He, meaning Jesus, was handed over because of humanity's fallen condition. He was raised because we were declared righteous. His resurrection is the official receipt to our acquittal. His cross equals our sin. His resurrection equals our innocence. And we're going to talk this half hour about purity. uh, Because it's all part of his grace. His death brought closure to our fallen condition. His resurrection is proof of our redeemed righteousness. And, you know, it's hard for people. I know it's hard for me, and I still maybe even struggle a little bit because, I, I, you know, I don't... We're going to talk maybe a little bit about humility and pride, too, but it, I don't want it... I don't want anybody to think it was me. You know, it was all him. And to sit there and say, I'm righteous and I'm pure before the Lord and all this stuff seems a little on the arrogant prideful side but it but that that's what he said that's not what we say well you're making your boast in the lord is yes. what you're saying you're not boasting in yourself no yeah you're giving definitely god the not. glory definitely not and then 5 1 says the conclusion is clear our righteousness has absolutely nothing to do with our ability to keep Moral. <laughs> oh, wow. Moral laws. It is the immediate result of what Jesus accomplished on mankind's behalf. This gives context to faith and finds expression in unhindered, face to face friendship with God. Jesus Christ is the head of this union. I love that when it says friendship. Mm hmm. You know, there's that song 
what a friend we have in Jesus, you know. But mm-hmm. there's a difference, Jim, between a servant and a friend, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And he has placed us as sons and daughters in his kingdom. And he has placed us as friends, not servants. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't have a servant's heart, because we should. Jesus came with a servant's heart. But our position in Christ is a friend, Mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've got friends that are closer than my family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so so just because you say friends and family, you think maybe family's better than friends as it relates to your relationship with the Lord. It could be either way. The bottom line is he loves you with an everlasting love and it's unconditional. So let, let's talk just a little bit about, um, you know, this this is a scripture that really means a lot should mean a lot to everybody. It's, it's, it's part of the Beatitudes, and, and we know the Beatitudes means be of these attitudes. Mm-hmm. But we're just going to bring one of the Beatitudes out, and that is, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's a work of His grace, too. That word pure means purified by fire. Let me ask you a question. Have you been purified by his all-consuming fire? I guarantee the answer is yes for every single person listening. We have all been purified by his fire. His fire is not a fire of torment and punishment and I'm going to get you because you did this or whatever. No, his fire is burning up all the things that we don't want anyway. I mean, we don't want pride. We don't want arrogance. We we don't want that stuff because we know that's not of the Lord. So he'll come in and very lovingly, very kindly, very... um, whatever, you know, kind, loving... And, and very carefully burn that stuff out of you. Very lovingly. Lovingly yeah. burn that stuff out of you. Because let me just say this, and it's, it's like a vine cleansed by pruning and so fitted to bear fruit. You know, the, you've, you've heard a lot of t- sermons and stuff on, you know, the vine and the vine dressers, the father and and we are the branches, Jesus is the vine. But there is a time in a farmer's life where he has to go out and prune. The pruning is not to, to kill the plant. The pruning is to bring more fruit. Mm-hmm. And that's the same with Jesus. Um, so, you know, so blessed are the pure in heart. What's the heart? You know, we hear a lot about the heart. It's not the muscle that's pumping in your chest. The heart denotes the center of all physical and spiritual life. Your whole life is in that inner being, the heart. The center and seat of spiritual life. The moment you see God, 
your heart is purified. See, sometimes we get it reversed. You know, we say you have to clean yourself up and get pure before him. Then you will see God. No, I don't take it that way. I take it if you are seeking God and you're seeking to seek his face and then you see him, guess what? You're awoke, awakened to the fact that you have been purified by him. That's part of the grace work. Yeah, that's the resurrection power of, of Jesus Christ. I know I was talking with a, a kind of a business partner of mine. We were involved in a business deal together, and, and he was an elder of a mega church. And uh, we finally got to know each other real well. And he said, oh, I finally got a handle on you, Jim. He says, uh, you're, uh, you're one of them now kingdom guys. <laughs> and uh, I thought to myself, I'll take that as a compliment. Absolutely. Uh, because most of many, many people in the church today are waiting for the kingdom to come. And uh, Jesus said, I am the kingdom, and the kingdom is within you. And uh, I think the kingdom that, is at hand. He said yeah, that right. 2,000 years ago. Right, right. So. Um, yeah, we are a kingdom now, people, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the now grace. We're not talking about waiting for this grace when you die and go to heaven. Um, that's probably one of the biggest illusions that many of God's people are under is that they're going to be resurrected when they die, and they're finally going to enjoy the love and, and, the, uh, and the beauty of being in God's presence. Well, I got news for you, good news for you. Um, when you got saved, when you got waken up, woke up, however the proper English is on that. When you were awakened. Yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll go with that one. Um, yeah, that was the resurrection power of Jesus Christ going yes. on inside of you. And it is that continual resurrection that is happening in you that's going to deliver you from that old man way of thinking and, you know, and all the old activities that you were involved in. I knew that the night that I got saved and saw the Lord, I knew there's no way that I could go back to my old lifestyle. Um, and I didn't want to because when I saw him, when I saw him, I say that twice, because when you see him, you don't want to be disobedient to him. You want to walk with him. You want to have a greater knowledge and a greater awareness of him. And one of the things I try and do is practice the presence of God all the time. I mean, even when I get up in the morning, I go, okay, Lord, it's time to get up and, and go to the job. Let's go to the business. And every once in a while, he'll say, oh, I'd rather lay here for about another hour, and I agree with him. No. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I, I keep him ever-present in my mind. If Even when I drink coffee, I say, Lord, we're going to get a cup of coffee. I'm going to get some cream and sugar. I mean, I talk to him like he's sitting right there in the car with me when I'm at McDonald's, okay? Uh, but, but we've got to practice the presence of God and understand that God is a very present help. The Bible says a very present help. Uh, you know, we keep putting the kingdom off, we keep putting the resurrection life off until the day we die. But let me say something the Lord said to me this morning. He said, whenever you get uh, a verdict from the doctor that you have a very serious disease, he said, you don't put the kingdom off then. Mm -mm. You don't put the resurrection power off then. <laughs> you want to bring my resurrection power right where I am in you right now. I found your one of your poems that fit exactly what we're sure. talking about, if you want to read it. it. Sure. 
Yeah, here's, here's a poem that the Lord gave me a while back. It says, Oh, dear Lord, I pray this day to keep my mind while in the way. For as I look to you above, you fill my mind with grace and love. But when I set my sight below, my mind does tell me things of woe. For since I know that your kingdom is ahead, I'll purpose in my heart to reckon my mind dead, and I'll press forward, and I'll never look behind and trust that you're renewing every part of my mind. And the more your mind gets renewed, the more of the kingdom you walk in and the more of the kingdom you see. And the more victory you have yeah, in this life. Yeah. And, and he, you know, he says, I want you to have life, yeah. abundant life, not right. just life, but right. abundant life. And that's what we're talking about is you, you got to get free from stuff and, and get with him and him only to be free from all these things we're talking about today. Yeah, there's another poem that goes along kind of rich with what you said there. Uh, and the title of the poem is Hitch, Get Hitched to Joy. And this is a word that the Lord gave me probably about a month back. And the poem goes like this. He said, hitch yourself to Christ within and you will find joy without an end. Joy is something that we all seek, but earthly joy can only give you a peak. So if you seek joy without end, there's only one place you will find that, my friend. For joy is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And this joy is not, and this friend is not fickle to forsake you for another. Because joy is simply the fruit of God's love and can only be obtained through God's mercy from above. So look within and you will find this joy that you seek and peace of mind. For God's love is not something that's fleeting or unsure because it comes from his nature that is loving and pure. So keep your focus hitched on Christ in you, and you will surely find that God's love is true. That comes straight from the throne room yeah. inside of me, the kingdom within. The holy of holies. Yes. The Shekinah glory of God. And that's where it's Shining at, down. Inside your heart. Amen. 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 Um, we, we talked a little bit about pride, and, and I, I, I want to give a little study here on the ego we've all heard that word ego e-g-o uh, the ego is your earth guided only it's a it's a acronym for earth guided only in other words if you're led by your ego you're all you're going to get is the temporary stuff of this world today that's all your carnal mind can give you that's all you're going to it, get it's all corruptible and perishes um the, here's a little study it says the ego is man and by reason of his divinity he makes and remakes as he wills in this lie his greatest strength and his greatest weakness the ego of itself is possessed of nothing it is a mere ignorant child of innocence floating in the mind of being, but through the door of its consciousness must pass all the treasures of God. You don't want to pass these treasures of God. You really don't. Um, when the ego attaches itself to sense consciousness, it builds the Antichrist man who has no basis of reality. This is known as the adverse ego. It is the adverse ego that causes all the trouble in the world today. 
Its selfishness and greed make men grovel in the mire of materiality when they might soar in the heavens of spirituality. I like that, Jim. Mm. You, you know, don't get caught up in material possessions when you can soar in the heavens of spirituality. Yeah, it's good. The ego, the spiritual part, though, is this. It's your true self. Remember, we talk a lot about, you know, mistaken identity. Who truly are you? Who are you? And who are you in Christ? The true self is your spiritual condition. And an individual, indid, <laughs> why can't even pronounce that? <laughs> it's the center of God's consciousness. Individualized. That's the word I was trying to say. I am. It's the I am, the conscious identity. A state of consciousness built up by the will functioning in the sense world. In the false expression, it looks upon itself as great, honorable, mighty. Supreme egotism stops the flow of spiritual life. Boy, mm. got a lot of... A lot of politicians, and I'm not pointing fingers, but I guess I am. We got a lot of people out there that people listen to in the world system, through politics, entertainment, whatever, that claim they have all the answers, and the only answer is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. And that's the reason, Rich, why it's so important to have that intimate relationship with the Lord in this hour, especially in this day of where it appears that humanity is heading, uh, which is kind of frightening in the flesh, uh, but we know God is still in control. We know that God's kingdom is coming to earth. We know that God uh, really has no intention of blowing everything up. Otherwise, Jesus would have never prayed with the, the disciples, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And so the more stirring that you see in the days ahead, and this is a word of encouragement. This is not to, to put any fear in anybody. No gloom and doom here. No, no. Uh, but the more, the more darkness you see cover the earth, uh, there's going to be a greater light that's going to dawn. And eventually the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So be encouraged in this hour, even though it appears that uh, everything's out of control. Uh, you know and I know that God's still on the throne, and he is still totally in control. And don't get tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. There's so many doctrines, winds of doctrines going on out there about the world. Oh, God. The world's, God's going to destroy the world. Well, he's not a destroyer. He's a restorer. Yeah. He's not going to destroy all this. And man, the fallen state of man is what destroys, not God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a poem I had here that would go right along with what you said there, Brother Rich. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're talking about God's ability to take ugly situations and turn them around for his glory. Uh, the Lord gave me a poem a while back. It says, um, of course, the Scripture says, Behold, I make all things new, yes. 2 Corinthians 5.17. And that's what Rich and I are talking about. Uh, God is, he has come to make everything new in your life and beautiful in your life. 
And as he can do that in his creation, in humanity, in the earth, they are going to start bringing the kingdom of God to earth, and many other people are going to start seeing the goodness and the love of God, and many of them are going to want to come to the Lord Jesus Christ because they're going to see that that glistening, that love that's glowing off of you and I. Um, but here's a poem the Lord gave me. He said, Behold, I make all things new. What you knew is hardship. I'm turning it into sonship. Behold, I make all things new. What you knew is bitterness and shame. I'm turning all these into your great gain. Behold, I make all things new. What you see as loss and destruction, I'm turning it into heavenly construction, for I make all things new. What you call lost cause, I will turn it into great applause. I'm making all things new. So walk with me and talk to me and focus your sight on me. And you will see through my Father's eyes, beyond all darkness and disguise, and truly you will take on a brand new view and see I am making all things new. So that's our Father. Whatever you see is death and destruction out there. The Lord says, I'm going to convert it into life and construction. That's all he can do because God is love, period. Okay, so maybe someone's thinking... There would be a day I would be thinking, you know, how, how do I take all this in? What do I do with all this information? Because needless to say, information is good, but if it's not applied back to the Lord, then it's just information. And so, you know, as far as coming to a point where you say, okay, this this sounds good, and I'm aware of his grace and and his love and all that, but, but how do I apply this in everyday life? Um, good question, and, and it's something that you can't just turn a switch and have it happen. Like we said, it's a lifestyle that you definitely have to start, you know, from the moment you wake up in the morning until the moment you go to sleep at night, there there has to be a Christ consciousness and awareness uh, in your everyday dealings. And, um, and, and, and it's not a work where you have to do something, it's just a a being. Yeah, the Lord said that uh, when a man turns to me, he becomes one with me. It's mm-hmm. simply a turning is mm-hmm. all it is. There's not a whole bunch of hoops that we have to jump through. There's not a whole lot of stuff you have to do. All you have to do is just turn to him. Yeah. And you become one with him. Right then and there, you become one with him. And you have to get quiet and listen and still. Doesn't the Bible tell us to be still and know that That's I right. am God? And I'm not so sure that you ever come to know who he is without being still and spending intimate time with the Lord. Being still is is crucial because even when you say, we did a thing on meditation that I would recommend everybody go back and listen to. Um, But, you know, even when you become still, Jim, there's there's still that bombardment oh, of yeah. thoughts yeah, that sure. that hit you and sure. and that's okay there's nothing wrong with we that. All go through that you need to just flow with it because eventually 
those thoughts are going to go away and you're going to be able to focus. Yeah, and, true. And, and I know I have many times sat down and I was still before the Lord and got nothing. That you knew of at the time. Exactly. Yeah. I agree with you. Right at that time, yeah. I, I walked away saying, okay, yeah. Lord, uh, you know, I laid it all out. I said uh, what I felt that uh, I needed to say, and, and I didn't hear anything from you this time, but that's okay. And uh, you may or may not hear anything in the next day, week, month, year even. I mean, there's there's been times where the Lord has answered something that I asked him um, I mean, years later. Yeah, me too. Years later. Yeah. I was driving down the road one time, and, um, you know, I had been prophesied that uh, I was going on a second honeymoon in November, and I thought it was with my ex at the time because it was so many years prior to that, and I would forgotten all about it. I thought, well, this person maybe missed it. And that's okay, you know. Yeah. We don't we prophesy in part and whatever. Yeah, gotta so exercise the gifts. Yes, yeah. and so I just kind of put it completely out of my mind. Uh, I guess it was in my subconscious somewhere, but it wasn't in my consciousness because I forgot about it. And after I'd married uh, Julie, um, by the way, it'll be 14 years coming up. Um, I heard the Lord say to me, driving down the road, I heard the Lord say to me, when did you and Julie go on a honeymoon? And I said, well, Lord, we got married in October, but we didn't go on our honeymoon until November. He said, didn't I tell you you would be on a second honeymoon in November? (laughs) I mean, I had completely forgot about that. And boom, here, God is so faithful. He, he's just so awesome and so wonderful, and he loves us so much. And we can't even imagine how much he loves us. And we can't even imagine what he's put together in our lives walking this thing out, this journey that we're on here on this earth, you know. Yeah, I got one short prayer poem here. Yeah, we're about done. We are done. Yeah, let me read this. It's a prayer. It goes like this, and I think this kind of like the capstone on everything that we've been saying. It says, Lord, give me the grace and the strength to press into what you say so I can come up in your presence and see this new day because there's a new day dawning in us. I know you are willing for me to see you face to face. I know this because I can feel your loving embrace. So continue to call me and encourage me on so I can see this new day now beginning to dawn. Beautiful. We love you so much, and uh, we hope you got something out of this today. You know, that's our, that's our hope and our wish is that uh, whatever the Lord shared with us that we've shared with you, that uh, some, you receive something out of it, even if it's just a little nugget. So we love you. If you want to get in touch with us, it's kingdombuilding73 at gmail.com. Keep listening. Uh, We love you until next time.